1993, Final Approach changed the way we hunt waterfowl. Now, over 25 years later, we're back at it. My name's Mario, host of the FA Podcast. Let's talk waterfowl tips, tricks, tactics, and more. It's all going down right here with the Final Approach Podcast. Dark goose situations. I mean, we're winding down to the end of the year, end of the season, end of the line, end of everything. And uh, I would say the birds are a little tough. They're a little smart. Uh, They're a little cagey. So I got my boy on, D, who has been a part of the FA family for a long time. D and I have hunted numerous places together. And uh, he chases them just as hardcore as anybody out there. Um, So D Draper from Utah, my man, how are you? How you doing, Mario? Doing good. Good, buddy, good. Uh, How has the just regular season been for you, you know, duck-wise and everything else? Same struggles as everybody else? Yeah, for the most part. We we had mild weather and... Uh, we had low water last year, so most of our marshes were on the low end, uh, especially public-wise. We have a lot of public land out here. so Right, you guys do. a lot of public birds. You think so, they got stale quick, or what do you think? No, yeah, they definitely stale quick. We Down here, we our duck season starts off the same time as the goose, and then the, the goose splits only two weeks into the season, and so the duck hunters are thick at first and they, they stale them quick and, you know, they just push them to areas that have no pressure, which not good for anybody necessarily, but yeah, ducks started slow. Geese started slow. Uh, crops were behind a little bit, uh, warm weather and, uh, just no reason for them to move. So, so both of them started very slow. Right. Down here. Right. Well, you know the struggle the struggle is real absolutely so you know it is what it is so you can't do nothing about it you just kind of you just kind of go yeah, with you, just, you go with it just got to use it to your advantage there was a lot of people off work i think with covid and everything else so there was a little extra pressure out there and a little more people during the week when typically there isn't so the birds got pressured early as well um, you just have to use it to your advantage and just go to the places where no one else is going or no one else is uh, scouting hard enough to know where they're at. And Sometimes it concentrates birds, and you can take advantage of it. It's not as often, but definitely uh, you can use it to your advantage. So whatever the situation is, you just adapt your uh, hunting tactics and take care of business. Well, I mean, I definitely think that that was um... – you know something that was everywhere and that that was guys saying that public was you know public was pressured more during the week and you know the boat ramps were full the management areas were full like like yeah i mean listen a lot of people had different work schedules and some people were off and you know you know I, it is what it is like i'm just happy more people got out and and got in the woods you know, some people don't want to hear that, but I, I mean, 
you know, if you want to keep the sport going and everything else, like we got to get a new, you know, influx of waterfowlers because the older generation is, you know, slowly, you know, easing out of it. And it's just not good for the sport, you know, because there was a long, there was a long-term section of, of us not really recruiting or getting younger people in it. Right. Uh, it's just like farming. It's it's planting a crop. If you don't plant as many seeds this year, you don't have as many plants next year. So right. if we're not replanting every year, right. I mean, our crops get smaller and smaller and smaller until it's not worth, yeah. you know, farming anymore. So same with same with our hunting. If we don't encourage and and bring new people into our sport, there will be no sport because there'll be no no demand now. There's no down doubt. my way there's an influx of people moving in from other areas. And, and, uh, so that, that, that's good to see in, uh, some cases because there's a lot more people right. out here with support. Right. Which is, you know, I mean, that's, that's good. I mean, we, you know, we need it. We, we really do need it. So, I mean, got to get more people in it. So, uh, so I definitely agree, D. There was there was a lot more people out, you know, which is fine. You know, listen, maybe some other places, you know, maybe some other places were getting hunted because other people were hunting and moved some more birds around that wouldn't have normally moved around. You know, guys don't look at that, though. You know what I mean? It might have helped a couple situations. Yeah. yeah, I always, I always, I'm always looking for the, the silver lining and yeah. extra, extra people out there because most time you got to count on them anyway, so. That's all you got to do is use it to your advantage, find where the, they're pushing the birds. And like I say, it concentrates them to a point where uh, you have to be patient. But when you find those spots, you make up for lost time, definitely. Yeah, I think I think that that has helped uh, without a doubt in in certain instances. You know, we'll take we'll take what we can get when we get it. So, you know, you right. can't I mean, listen, if everybody thinks they're just going to go out to public and nobody's going to be there. You know, <laughs> that's just not going to happen. No, no. And around here we have lots and lots of public. We have we have lots and lots of private, but most of the private is unhuntable. Uh, you get further north around the Great Salt Lake, and it's primarily duck clubs. So you're either out on the big water or you've got some little river with access, or right. you may have a little bit of private access here and there. But for the most part, we live and die by public hunting down here. And so all it does is make us all better hunters or at least makes me better hunters. Well, sure. I learn, I learn more from them than they learn from me. I can tell you that. Well, you know, listen, that's, that's the whole, that's the whole drill. You're trying to get better at your craft, which is waterfowling. And you're trying to learn as you go. And, you know, if guys say they've learned it all and they're that smart, you know, hats off to them. If they're that good, man, way to go. I haven't learned everything yet. I'm still going. So, you know, so if I want to get some more tips and tricks, I'll uh, I'll definitely keep my ears open and listen to anybody I can I can learn something from. There's no doubt. So. So well, go ahead. What, what's fun, what's fun about it is we we you and I have traveled all over and we learn from their local. Oh, yeah. Hunting. And we learn take something from where we are from, and, That's right. and so it's a constant learning curve. Yeah. And the birds, the birds, uh, 
they they get smarter as, just as fast as we do. So every time we come up with something new, they <laughs> they counter us. So no I mean, it's a chess match from here till you die. In my opinion, it's always it's a learning curve that never never quits. Well, curve. I was just going to say it never stops. So, uh, no. so so with that being said, you know, we wanted to talk about dark east. I have so so here in Oregon, we have a late season. Um, you know, uh, there's a couple late seasons across the country. Uh, I know, you know, Colorado goes late. You guys have a little bit of late, you know, there's lates in, uh, Missouri, you know, not, not terribly long, but you know, everybody has a little of something. Some, some States don't, I'm sorry about that, you know, but, but if we want to talk about, you know, this late for dark geese, you know, I know yours are going to be different than mine. So is Colorado. Like everybody's going to have their own thing, but there are some constants, and, you know, like our goose season went out for a while and they haven't been harassed and now we come back to it. So I'm not going to say the birds got dumb. They just weren't harassed. So maybe they're a little light on their guard, let's call it. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. So, you know, the first thing that I'm going to concentrate on is obviously the scouting is key. You know what I mean? Like we're just going to have to find them. And, and here with the amount of grass fields and everything else, you know, and wherever everybody else is, your hide is going to be number one because you're talking about, you know, this late in the season, your hide better be just ultimate. Oh, yeah. Birds are start to get decoy shy and call shy and blind shy and shadow shy and who knows why they get shy at times they circle themselves for live birds (laughs) that's right and land land off them so you're exactly right and and here we get this january thaw uh opens up new water birds are out searching birds are pairing up birds are breaking up into bachelor groups the four year and unders they're they're paired off the older pairs for mating they start searching new places they've been maybe in the city for a while and now they're coming out looking for an area, and, and geese, are, geese are territorial. They they have to have a, a couple, minimum four or five acres to, to nest. They, they they're very territorial. So birds got to spread out. Uh, bachelor birds get kicked out, right. and they kind of fend for themselves. And so birds, at the same time, they've been so pressured through the season that there's some point where there's a little light switch that turns on, and it just happened two days ago here. Gotcha. where the birds just started splitting up and searching and any open water and anything with a half uh, <laughs> uh, pile of, of black on the ground, they, they, they think that, oh, well, they're, 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 there they are. We just, we just got here. We're late. Right. And then you'll see flocks and small, small flocks come through that don't even – they zigzag through every spread, and they got somewhere to go. So, so it's identifying – what birds you're dealing with migrating and or resident birds that are just making their way back to the marsh for nesting or, or whatever it is, but you're correct. Hide, hide's got to be number one typically year round, but very, very special now. There's no doubt. We're talking to D Draper. You're on the FA podcast. D's out of Utah. Uh, we're, we're talking about dark goose tactics. If you have a late dark goose season, um, you know, and just a, a couple people to shout out to, like we always do just folks that, you know, that help us uh, keep the podcast and everything else going. Uh, shouts out the Federal Ammunition and all my folks over there. Uh, 
also uh, Rob at Ranchland Outfitters. I know, do you know Rob? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the king. Uh, the king. The king. Everybody at, uh, everybody at Rogers Sporting Goods, where if you don't buy your gear from Rogers, like, I don't know what you're doing. So, because <laughs> no. that really yeah. is. Yeah. That, you need to catch up because <laughs> you're way behind. You're a little behind. Yes, little behind. That's right. So, uh, and shout out to my uh, a, a new thing that we got going. I don't. Uh, I'll let it out of the bag a little bit. Uh, we have a little something coming with Weatherby, and we're going to talk about that on a different podcast. But you'll uh, you'll like what's about to go down there. So we're gonna we're gonna talk to those cats too, uh, and catch up in another episode. So. So back to back to the uh, the darky. So you know, say say we did our scouting and and we got it. Now the other thing, you know, there's there's a whole other thing to scouting, um, and and what I'm going to say, and you you you're the king of it probably is, you know, like a mid morning loaf, or something like that, especially on big honkers, and uh, pressured birds. You know, they're going to want to go find somewhere to hide mid-morning and i know i know you do a great deal of that uh we don't have a ton of that kind of situation unless unless this month of uh you know february into march this late season if it goes warm and the birds want to be by the water they want to eat some grass and literally be by any kind of water just because it's warmer then then mid morning is like incredible, but when you're looking for a low spot or whatever, I mean, obviously you're going to scout later in the morning and look around, right? Right, right, and you hit you hit it. Um, most of the low site, and and I'm a predominantly loaf hunter, just like you explained. Majority of the loafs are a mid morning to early afternoon, yep. typically by water or on water at the edge of a water definitely a uh some kind of sneaky little spot that no one's familiar with yeah. and they're in a relaxed state uh they're not that typically they're very comfortable in those locations and so everybody hunts a feed right which is great uh you you rarely want to hunt a roost late season you kind of take what you can get if you have to hunt a roost but the loaf throughout the year is the most consistent and the most relaxed and and you don't have to have a giant spread. You don't have to have right. outstanding spot on calling. That's right. You can just do a little of this and a little of that. But nobody hunts that type of uh, scenario, and not a lot of people know how to hunt it. But if you can figure it out, that's my main stay year year round, especially now because. Water don't open up till right. mid morning to early afternoon. So right, and that's a whole. If they've right, said right. they've got to get to something to drink, and that's then right. they're, they're going to take a break. You know, you know the other thing. The other thing that I think about, you know, when we would hunt Pennsylvania, if if we got cold and the rivers were open, you know, we would be on the sandbars, on the islands, you know, stuff like that. Um, and and just like you said, you know, you're not. You don't have a, a, a ton of decoys out because you're, you're not really trafficking. You are, but you're not. You know what I mean? They, they have a set thing yep. that they're going to go to. You don't have a ton of decoys out. You're not aggressively calling like crazy because these birds are, 
like just like you said, they're loafing, they're hiding, they're resting. So so you don't have to be so spot on your game. You just have to find them, and it's a little gold mine, you know, if you find them. So so yeah, while everybody's you know banging away early morning feeds, you know you could get up later and roll to your spot. You know you could have you could have a donut and coffee and be you know laying somewhere on a sandbar ready to rock and roll at nine o'clock, ten o'clock, and and off we go. You know. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Rivers are outstanding, oh. especially especially in our location. Just like you say, sandbars, any kind of bends that are with that typically low water this time yep. of year. Inside bends are are either shallow or or open, and and the sand's warm. Yep. Uh, the river's going. The yep. birds are quiet. They don't want everybody to know where they're at. They That's get right. they get uh, banged on at the feed. Yep. And and when you hunt loafs. You don't kick any birds off of a roost that That's are right. hanging on late morning. You don't. You get you get out of there before they come back to a potential roost or in the area. And so it's a low pressure, more consistent everyday uh, situation that you can continually hunt them same geese over and over. And uh, loafs are just an unsuspected uh, area for them to be hunted in. So that's. Well, I hate to give away all my secrets, maybe, but well, that's one of them that, well, listen, that will benefit though, a lot of people. There's a there's a ton of guys in in certain areas that have a ton of cattle ponds and farm ponds and stuff like that. And you know the the places that we're talking about are the places where you drive by and there's four honkers, two honkers, eight honkers. You know what I mean? Like that's the that's the stuff we're talking about. You know, are you going to pile up some numbers? No, but if you're in an area where there's enough birds looking for a place like that, you can definitely shoot a few geese and enjoy the day uh, and and come out of there looking pretty good. So now, is it going to take a lot of hustle to find it? Probably, you know, because these these the, the things that you're talking about and I'm talking about, they're not just going to come out and go, hey, you know, here's here's five thousand geese off the freeway. You know, I can follow them there, and there they are. Like this isn't it. Like you gotta, you gotta get some miles and some homework going and, you know, whether you pull up your, one of your apps or do something and, and it could be just on, you know, anything you saw during the season too. Like you might spot something and and see some birds go in somewhere and, and sometimes it just happens like that. Like, oh, I saw some birds dumping there. What's the deal there? And you go back and there's some little hole that they're, some beaver pond that they're hanging out in. You know what I mean? Like who knows? So yeah, you that, got that, you got to do some homework. That's that's the key. You can hustle around looking, or you can hustle around loading and unloading decoys <laughs> right. in fields and, and right. other locations. So you pick how you want to hustle. Yeah, I choose to, I choose to enjoy the sunrise and and find birds leaving. Typically, they're going to go back and loaf adjacent to their roost, pretty close, and it's typically right in the middle of their feed and their roost. Right. So it's some kind of triangle, circle. It's it's a route that they take, roost, feed, loaf, back sure. to feed, or back to back to roost. So you can watch them leave somewhere and get somewhere adjacent and or, like you say, you see them fall in. Yeah. Don't go, don't go disturb them. Let them leave or go back and find out what that is and just kind of keep an eye on it. And, the, and you can find multiples, especially this time of year, as flocks break up and go family groups, right. bachelor groups, pairs. 
this is the time to find multiple loafs because the the geese aren't in one giant wad. And so anyway, absolutely, them are great, yeah. great tips for loafs. I'm I'm all about that. And and you know, listen, the I'm not discounting and discrediting you know the mobs and shooting a feed and doing all that because you know we're gonna put you know all the guys here uh, are gonna put miles on the truck and find them. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna drag two carts out and set up you know fifteen dozen decoys or ten dozen you know and and we're gonna we're gonna get after them in the grass. There's no doubt. You know what I mean? Because that's just that's just third period here, and that's what we're gonna do. But but I'm also going to pick my weather days, let's call it, and save that 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 spot or do this spot and go in and shoot a couple birds here and a couple birds there and take some people on a, a pretty intimate hunt like that. So yeah, there we're going to do both third season here in, in the last period and we're going to do it. So, you know, there's just so many factors, but you, you know, the thing about it is you have to be so on your game right now that it's crazy. And I mean, every detail, you know, everything. Well, absolutely. Um, you know, I I like the, for instance, the other day I had a, a bunch of the uh, F.A. silhouettes out, and, they, and you got some of them poses that uh, you got a goose that's got his neck bowed out with his mouth open, looking like he's running something off. And, oh, right. And you, I pulled a few of those. I put a little pile of feeders out and put a few of those and separated them out. So it, it, it just, it looked natural of what you see out right now. And and a small spread, and I do a lot of hunting alone, and and me and the yellow dog here, and, and usually my son. But I don't have a big uh, entourage most of the time. Right. And those little backwater silhouette pack in a few full body pack and sneak holes are outstanding. And you're right. If I could hunt, if I could hunt a giant feed as often as 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 I could, I absolutely love to hunt those. And I I do that, uh, you know, up and down the edge of the central flyway across the across the farmland and and that's awesome but at home and this time of year the big feeds aren't so big and you've got to find the ace in the hole because you you know i don't know how many feeds they've seen and that's where everybody's concentrating so you can kind of flip the coin over and go a different direction pretty much with a small spread by yourself a couple few guys you don't have to take a giant blind you can use natural cover whatever it is uh but definitely a tricky time of year and guys that uh hunt this time of year you, you know you can you can have the best collars you can have the best decoys and typically in the wrong location mean nothing but you can take Agreed. some guys that have zero skills and have a good location they look like pretty good hunters at times yeah i mean <clears throat> if you are hidden at your location and the birds are using it and you don't screw it up with you know your calling or you know setting the decoys wrong or bunching them too much or too many decoys uh you know if you don't screw it up you probably will have a good shoot and you know the the thing that we deal with out here is we're so wide open on spaces and we have all little geese so they're going to act kind of like the snows and hover above and do all that so we you know, we, we do a pretty 
pretty widespread depending on what's going on. Obviously, if the, the weather's usually a little warmer here, so we're usually pretty wide. But what I've also started doing, like you said, is I started mixing. I never thought I would do it here because of the way the birds operate and, and hang over the decoys, but I've absolutely included a lot of the silhouettes this past year. And, you know, we'll end up putting, you know, five or eight dozen, you know, full body lessers out the flocked ones the fully flocked ones and and then i take the silhouettes and go through and just mix them in because it just gives you a different angle but and i already know that the birds aren't seeing them from above you know what i mean they right. di they disappear so i already know that but when when they do come on a swing or they're from you know further away you know, there looks like there's an awful lot going on where I'm at. So, and we're going to try it more this, you know, this period because I got whatever, five, six dozen of the silhouettes that I'm going to uh, run and mix in. And I'll tell you what, they were deadly on mixed shoots this year in sheet water. I, I can tell you that it was just ugly. And, and it was actually really good on the ducks because I could line the silhouettes up on a certain spot and make the ducks come into the hole. You know what I mean? They'd have to cut the corner yeah. and come in and, uh, man, that worked really good. And, and they looked killer in the sheet water. You know what I mean? You just rise them up on the stakes a little bit and man, you know, I had some of the heads in the water and st it just looked real. You know what I mean? So that helped a lot. Plus, I mean, I couldn't, the places I was running that, I couldn't pack in full-body geese. You know what I mean? We were already to the gills on some duck decoys and all the other crap we had to take. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and so. and, and good point. Um, you guys have to do a lot more hiking in than driving in, so yeah. you guys are, are a bit bound by that. Number two, silhouettes put off quite a bit bigger shadow than a than a full body does and what's the best call from birds that a long ways away it's sight if they can see those shadows and the dark yep. darkness from from a distance uh that's that's a, the best call there is is sight if they can see your spread and get to you 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 create shadows you can you can get more bang for your buck and when they're hovering they they don't even know uh you set them up upwind i typically set them up upwind above me and uh, put them in the sun to where one side's a little bit in the shade. Right. The, from the, the side the birds are approaching, and it's just that much darker of a contrast. If you're hunting a, a grain field or a, or a corn field, your decoys are brown, and so is the dirt, and so is the, the corn. If you have a darker contrast there, same with Sandy Beach, uh, your decoys blend in very well. You put a little bit of a shadow on that silhouette and you create a little bit darker area. And when the birds make the swing, the darkness disappears because now, now it's in the sun from their point of view. So absolutely. That's a, that's a easy, easy way to add some life to your spread that the birds typically don't see. Well, and I walk, I walk through the full bodies then like a mad scientist, you know, this one has to go this way. Then the next one has to go this way. I'm like putting a Rubik's cube together you know what I mean? When I'm walking through the full bodies to put the silhouettes in to kind of add, because I, I, I literally wait till everything is out and then I walk through with the silhouettes because I really want to add something to it. 
So, you know, and, and, and listen, you can run mad numbers with silhouettes, uh, you know, in your spread to give you, you know, if you do have to do the, you know, hey, we got to put, you know, a couple hundred decoys out. Like you can, you can easily do it and mimic that, you know, late season, you know, we're all together piled in. We got, you know, we got good numbers. We got, there were safety in numbers. So you could totally go that route with those and full bodies and get away with it. So, you know, listen, guys have been using those forever. You know, they've, they've made the comeback here and, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with keeping that in your arsenal. So, you know, I'm all for it. For sure. And you, you guys deal with a few more numbers than we do. And the little guys, they, they're, they're, uh, they're schizophrenic. They don't know what they want and <laughs> then they right. know what they want and then they don't. That's and, right. And it, and it's just, it's just a matter of how much time you spend watching birds because you got two different types. You got, like we've been talking prior family groups, smaller numbers, pairs, fours, but North wind weather days, you might get a push of two or 3000 birds into, into your area. And when they, when, when it's those days and you've got 12 or 15 dozen, and it's easy to pack in right. and show some numbers. They don't even half the time. They don't even hesitate. Yeah, they, they just line right up. There's no doubt. I mean, the weather patterns. The weather patterns are going to dictate here uh, a, a, an awful lot of stuff too. Like I said, if we get warmed up real quick, they're going to want to sit by the water. You know, we've also been in this third period in this last part of the the goose season, and and we'll get a snow. You know what I mean? So, and and, and you know. Uh, from hunting a lot in the snow that when you get a snow like all hell breaks loose so you know magical yeah so i mean who knows what's going to happen and if you can pick your weather days and do your scouting and find them there's no doubt now if there's a front coming uh you know listen any kind of weather change and i I say front but it could be like hey we're gonna get a warm-up you know what i mean and if we're going to get a warm-up, you know, that means I'm probably going to get some birds from south coming up. You know what I mean? I'm going to get a reverse. Ah. I'm going to get a reverse migration coming back up. And I, I'm going to say they're new birds to my area. They're not new, but they're unfamiliar. So, yeah, they might suck into a, a good spread on a, on a day like that, too. You know what I mean? So you just really got to take everything you can get this late and truly just submerge yourself and and pick everything apart. And, you know, don't be afraid to try something, but also be ready to do just about anything, you know, to, to make it happen. So, yeah. Any, right. Anything stay, goes. Stay, <laughs> yeah. Stay, stay very open. Don't get stuck on the same setup, the same spread. And, and for whatever reason down here, our big, big honkers, the majority, for whatever reason, and in my opinion, it's they, they're going to stay here and stay close as they can to the snow line. Well, in my right. state, the north end is sub-zero. The south end is Bahamas right. uh, within four hours. So these birds here just, just, bounce back and forth up and down as that snow line happens you get a big snow it pushes a bunch of birds south the snow recedes back the birds come back just what you're talking about and they they come back north and so yeah i mean they don't want to get any further from their nesting country than they have to so that's that's the other point 
is follow the snow line and then birds just jump up and down and and it's all if you're not out there for one you ain't gonna learn right what the birds are doing right. and two you can you don't i never kill geese at, at home in the yard <laughs> <laughs> never there's probably a few guys that do but they probably won't come out and say that. right <laughs> and i'm not sure if that's legal right depending on where they that's are right. that's right uh right. you know the they they call it over like in Eastern Washington, you know what I mean? Like, like where I, where I guided over there with Mike Franklin and Bill Saunders and all those guys, like, like, like those birds, whether it's ducks or geese, they hover the freeze line and they'd call it all the time. They'd say they're just hovering the freeze line They they go down to the Columbia river, you know, if it warms up a little bit, you know, or if, I'm sorry, if it gets cold, it pushes them down to the river, it warms, warms back up. They used to call it a Chinook. You know, a warm wind was going to blow from the south up. You know, those birds would hike back up because there's so much agriculture and so much food. They were they were hovering the food line, but it was really the, the freeze line. You know what I mean? Where could they stay and keep something open and get to all the food? And if it pushed them south, then then they went south. If it pushed them... You know, if it if it eased up, then they would head back north. So so there's no doubt if you're in a place like that, you have to pay attention to that because, you know, if those birds move up and down, like they are not gonna know the area as soon as they get there. You know what I mean? So they're new birds considered. I'm not saying they're not smart. I'm just saying you have a little bit of an advantage on them because you know the area and they're just getting there now maybe they were there two weeks ago but i don't, I don't know if they remember that <laughs> you know what i mean i don't know I, yeah and and you can and you can typically tell as they fly the type of flight that they're using they're balled up their their elevations up and down they're over here they just came from there they're going back they're looking they don't know Birds what they're doing lined out right. and just going yep. in one direction uh them are your birds that are they've they're they're they got the, they got the the deal they know what what the deal is they're usually high and they're they're going somewhere now when you find somewhere that can be good too but that's right manage what you see by what they're doing and if they're just out balled up lined out balled up looking here come here they just flew by now they went here that's right you just be patient because there there's going to be a time where they're going to slip up and they're going to drop in and not know any better because two weeks a month ago that was all covered in snow now there's a bunch of new feed that's right now there's some new water that opened up or accessed and and they're just looking for an opportunity and so are you so you meet up that's a that's a great point i mean you know listen you could be on a flight line right you could be on a flight line say from a roost uh and say you know okay this is the only field i can hunt or whatever we got permission and we're going to traffic right and and you're sitting there like watching these birds like you said just come out in a line and they are just going and it is follow the leader you know what i mean you're not breaking them you could flag your head off you could call your brains out like nothing nothing is wavering them right but then all of a sudden right. you see a different line you know this line's coming out of this roost and they're coming out like you're talking about all sketchy grouped up they they start going east then all of a sudden they're going south you know like you said watch for something like that because if you can get under that flight line 
you got a shot because like you're saying they got no, they don't know what they're doing you know what i mean no and and listen the guys here you know and listen you've hunted little birds up in washington when you were up there so you you've seen it like the the birds here are are smaller and predominantly crazy so so crazy. We, so we do get them we do get them where they're balled up and doing that and it's still not going to work but you do have a little bit better shot than everything that's just lined out and following the leader and nobody's breaking stride so that's a great that's a great point and that and you're not going to know that like you said unless you're out whether you're scouting or you're out in the field hunting and you know it could be as easy as you're hunting this spot and all of a sudden you're watching a flight line of just like maybe it's a new flight line of birds coming out of a different roost and they're all sketchy and you're like well let's see what happened maybe we had a weather change maybe that moved new birds in now there's a whole roost of new birds sitting somewhere and you know what you better get under that flight line for the next go so so yeah you i mean listen you got to pay attention to everything right now because you know this is you know this is where it you know the rubber meets the road let's call it like, like you got to you know like all bets are off like you're doing everything you can here just to scratch out a few more birds you know just to have a good time at the end of the season so you're just trying to get every plus in your column that you can get. So, you know, we're, we're, you know, I don't want to say we're overthinking everything, but man, you have to take everything into account right now. Everything. Yeah. yeah you just, you need to pay attention and take mental notes. Um, I, I, the guys that go hunt the mornings, freeze to death, go home and get breakfast or whatever, hit the pancake house at 10 o'clock right. are the best hunters in my area because birds know that the marsh is emptying out at that time. <laughs> I'm just headed out and birds know they got about three to five hours before Freedom. the hunters come out for the evening. Right. And if I'm out there most of the morning watching what's going on and I'm sitting in, in the decoys, I'm still watching what's going on just because I'm not necessarily hunting or, or getting birds to me. I've got glasses and I, and, and I'm, you're watching. I'm taking inventory. Right. That's right. That's right. All day. And listen, if, if just like you said, if you were, I don't want to step on the, on the same thing, but if, if everybody in your area is hunting in the morning, you know, maybe do something different. Maybe go out at lunch and set a spread uh, or do something different. You know what I mean? We used to talk about it all the time in the seminars with ducks and stuff like that. Like, listen, don't put out the same two dozen mallards, a dozen pintails. Like, don't do the same thing all the time. Don't get into a rut, you know? You know, maybe step out, you know, a couple of days and do something different. Like, you never know what's going to happen, you know? Uh, you know, the other thing, when, you know, you're talking about snow and weather and, and stuff like that, and, and you made a great point before when these birds are coming out, like, the say this place was covered in, in snow, you know, a week ago, and they couldn't get to it. Or, or listen, out here, it was it was two feet of water. You know what I mean? And right. now, and now it's gone, and now all that food is exposed, and they can get right back to it. So a place that they have avoided for the past week or two because of high water, snow, whatever, now all of a sudden turns back on because they can get to it. So you got to make a mental note of that too, like what's available because you're also, I don't want to say you're running out of food at this time, but man, you know things are getting, you know, you're down to slim pickings right now because 
if it was a combine cornfield or whatever it was, if it was, you know, I don't care what duck club you tell me is at. Like, if they're not picked full of all the, you know, grain or corn or anything that they planted in that club, like, if it's not all gone by now, like, hats off to them. But I don't know many of them that don't get eaten out, you know what I mean, before the season's over. Because they just, you know what I mean? So, So you're talking about, like, they're just scrapping for food i don't want to say but they're they might be looking in different places too because man the the resources are are gone so you don't know what you're going to find you know no and and it and it's sort of it's sort of helpful because birds have to go and look and they they have to expand their their daily circle or triangle like we talked and so yeah. uh new loaves open up new food opens up if you want to keep killing them let them feed, kill them on a loaf, and they'll they'll still feed in that same spot. Right. And, and somewhere between there and their roost is a, is another loaf in any direction. So you can manage your hunting that way. I mean, it's just like when uh, your ducks get real stale towards the end of our duck season. You know, ended a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah. Um, you you talk about hide. You talk about the decoys. I quit putting even putting decoys out, uh, duck decoys for a month and just put goose decoys yep. out and shot more ducks and goose decoys than I did yep. in the duck decoys. So it's, it's paying attention to little things like that, that not the whole, not what they are used to conditioned to seeing either hunters or areas. And it's just, you're out, you're out hunting, you're paying attention to all of it. You're taking inventory, you're watching where birds are, 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 uh, using. And then, you, it takes a little more master plan, but when you do it, you make it count. So, um, you, you know, and it just makes us better hunters. That's all it is. It, they teach us more than we, we uh, teach them. There's uh, no doubt. There's no doubt. You know, like, so, okay, so what I've spent the last week doing since, you know, ducks are over and I got nothing to do, so what do I do now? You know, so I went through and basically got the trailer ready. And, and what I mean by that is, I went through all the decoys. Everything is clean, right? I made sure, like, like I didn't, I didn't like scrub brush all the decoys, but I went through, and if some were dirty, I cleaned them up. I went through all the silhouettes and wiped them all down. Uh, I've gone through all the ground blinds and and you know gotten all the trash out of them and made sure everything was grassed up and ready to go. I went through the 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 stand up blind. Uh, the new blind that we have and made sure it's all grassed up and ready to go. And I got all the parts and it's all packed. So basically I just went through everything. So when we find something, we're ready to go and I don't crack the trailer and I got a headache or I can't find something or we got dirty decoys. You know, I went through that whole, you know, couple days of doing that just so I can be better prepared and 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 I'm taking out some negatives, you know, out of the plan, meaning that I don't have dirty decoys. I don't have, you know, the blinds are, are grass good enough. Like, I don't have an issue when we get somewhere. We're as tip-top shape as we can get. You know what I mean? And that's a, that's a huge thing as well. Absolutely. You've got to, you've got to take all the things you can control and control them because there is many, many things you cannot control. (laughs) That's right. And, and this is my favorite time of year. I love late season. This is the, this is the time when I feel like you can shine because 
you if you understand the birds and you understand your area and if you do what you have done and you have everything you can control your your decoys are clean everything's spot on where yeah. you can make a move and make it count you're you will reap the benefits year after year after year yeah and listen this is you know it's it's uh it's a pretty good feeling when you can get to the end of the season and still put some birds right feet down in the hole, no matter what it is, whether if it's a loaf or a feed spot or anything. Like if you if you fooled some birds this late, you know, listen, you're doing some things right, you know, and hats off, hats off to you you know, and your crew or whatever, you know what I mean? Like you, you did the details, <clears throat> you know, you got, you, you did everything you could and you had some success. So, you know, and listen, it's just, listen, I'll take any more days I can get just to get out. You know what I mean? I I'm all about it. I shoot one bird, two birds, 20 birds get skunked. Like I just need to get out. Like if I don't get out, my head will explode. <laughs> So, yeah, so, yeah, man. It's, you know, it's uh, this is like I say, this is my favorite time of year. There's, there's different weather. Yes, there's uh, everybody's cooped up. I mean, where I live, the sun goes down at quarter to five, and yeah, what do I do till nine? Right. You know, come, come time to go hunting. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna relish every day because me and you are kind of getting older. We only got, we only got about. 25 or 30 more seasons in us and if you think about only 25 or 30 seasons i don't know how to uh handle it i, I don't mean, i don't either that's why i said i'll take every minute i'll take every, every time minute. i can that's right i'll take every minute i can get so i'm gonna <clears throat> i'm gonna do everything i can to you know be successful uh and and put the pluses in my column and go for it and see what happens you know and listen you know i've taken a bunch of young kids like i always do under my wing and i enjoy that part you know my son's old enough to go now so he's been going a bunch but you know bring ushering in that that next generation to me the right way let's let's make sure we say that like ushering them in the right way about how to act what to do that whole deal like that's 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 big to me we gotta we got to do that because, you know, you hear the guys, you know, fighting on public, uh, you know, property and, and I was here first and all this other stuff. Like, like, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know. Blows me away. You know, like what, 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 what happened to the days of like, Hey, walking into a spot and you get to a public spot and all of a sudden somebody else is there and they're like, you know, Oh, Hey, were you guys going to hunt here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, why don't, why don't you guys, why don't you guys just jump in? Like, what do you got? You got decoys or blinds or what do you got? You know what I mean? Like, those are the days that, you know, that it used to be like. You know what I mean? Not the whole, you know, I'm going to let the air out of your tires at the boat ramp kind of crap. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's 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 the integrity and the tradition me and you grew up from. And, and hopefully that can carry on because... Uh, you're on public land or wherever it is. You both have permission to hunt there. Why? Why fight about it? Why don't you team up? Right. Double your resources. Right. 
have some new have some new perspective and or maybe we can help you you can help us blah 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 maybe we ought to come down here again and hunt together maybe you have I, some more right. networks that's right of areas to hunt maybe i have some whatever uh pretty soon you become pretty good friends right hey, who knows uh, right you hunted that spot lately no we've been letting it rest hey let's get together and right. go smash it or whatever it is right. so like who, yeah who why, knows? why fight it you right. you guys are gonna right you're not gonna you're not gonna benefit no by fighting right and it and if you're like oh well that guy's in this side of the field we're gonna go to the other side and we're gonna make sure they don't get any birds like that crap like that never works out for anybody you know what i mean so ever so you just go you know who knows you might you might make a new friend <laughs> yeah i know hey, that sounds real corny uh, but guess uh, there's, what there's like, a lot of knows? people i've met yeah somewhere because i had camo on and they said hey what are you doing you hunting blah 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 and, oh you should come down to my my grandma's place there's geese everywhere right. oh really yeah that's what i'm you saying know, so or, or whatever and and look this this day and age i mean i always go back to when we were young we were we were in the days when you could shoot lead we right. had 870 pump action shotguns i mean primitive compared to today's standards today fa has all kinds of outstanding decoys we have blinds we have a variety of oh, whatever for every situation oh. to the point where i mean we are so spoiled as yes. we've gotten older because when we were younger this none of this was available oh god bro i Listen, the just you saying that takes me to the, the, the number one thing before layout blinds and before Ron Latchaw built the first final approach blind. And that was we were kids in Pennsylvania hunting geese, and we were literally, we would get to the cornfield. We had a rake. We'd take a rake. We would rake the corn out of, you know, the corn stubble out of a, a row. We would lay plastic down. Then we would lay burlap down. Then you would lay down on the burlap. <clears throat> then you would cover yourself with another thing of burlap and then pile corn on top of you, corn stalks on top of you. And then you would stick your legs underneath like a 747 Canada Goose shell and you would put your blind bag as your headrest. Headrest, and, yeah. And bro, and you were ready to rock and roll. And listen, we, we me and my brother shot a lot of geese because nobody even cared about geese in Pennsylvania at the time in the area that we were in. All anybody cared about was shooting deer. And right. soon as deer season started, bro, we were we had every field to ourselves. And Key to the castle. Oh, but it was and 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 we just we had our group of guys which was really small. There was like four of us. And we went everywhere, and we, man, we had it. It was, it was without a doubt. And now, listen, this was at a, at a time where you could only shoot. It fluctuated from two to three to four geese uh, for the bag limits, and so I mean that's not a ton of geese, but I'll tell you what, we we just had a blast. And and yeah, if we would have had the gear we have now, oh my god! Because oh. bro, we froze our asses off. We, I mean, yeah. every, I mean, just you name it. Like it's so crazy. Which listen, it's awesome. The technology and the stuff today is incredible. But yeah, when when the old timers 
And guys like us that grew up in that that period tell you, like, you know, we laid on the ground and it was zero degrees and we froze our ass off. Like, listen, we we we're not we're not we're not throwing you some bull like we we did it. And I don't want a badge for it or nothing, but I'm just happy that everything was made. <laughs> you know, well, 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 look at it. Uh, you've been responsible for all kinds of innovations in the outdoor uh, waterfowl market and, and product. And where did all that come from? I mean, in your in your short lifetime, you went from burlap to some of the best gear and and know what to put out to help other people. And that's been a constant uh, improvement throughout your career to the point where now, I mean, uh, guys like me and you uh, are that I mean, we were the hardcore innovators and, and it's, and it's because you're partway lazy and you're half ingenuitive. And pretty soon we spend so much time outside that I, I wonder if we could, you know, we got to get something to get this wind off us. We oh can't stand this oh my God. weather and we're anything. soaking wet. And I know. at some point we, we become powder puffs because we've <laughs> innovated ourselves into the comforts of, I can just live out here for the next two months. I don't even have to go home. Well, listen, you know, there's there's been so much innovation and so much cool stuff and it's all and it's all happened because of, you know, something that happened in the field that was terrible, you know what I mean? And you were like, "Man, I don't want to do that again." So listen, it, it it's the innovation is incredible and we've come a long way and and thank God we get to enjoy it and so does everybody else because going through the other stuff was crap. Oh, <laughs> but I, I loved every minute of it. I can tell you that. <laughs> but I loved every minute of it too, though. <laughs> I loved every minute of it, and I'll never forget it. But I, uh, if I had to do it on purpose, I don't I know do it I again. Would, That's how right. far I would go. That's it. All yeah. right, folks, we're we're just about there at the end. FA podcast talking to D Draper in Utah, and me and D have uh, you know we've chased enough birds in our lifetime, and and uh, I, you know I don't even say killed. We've chased so many birds in so many places that. We were bound to learn something to pass it on. <laughs> That's it. We've messed up more than everybody else just by default. That's, so, we're not good. We've messed up more than everybody. That's that's the only reason we're where we're at. That's right. So so we're hoping that you got something out of the podcast that you could take and go and end up using. I mean, that's really why we're doing this stuff and, and hopefully just passing it on and, uh, you know, having somebody else have success. I mean, that that's the coolest thing about anything that, that I end up doing is when, you know, somebody calls me or texts me or whatever and says, hey, I tried that thing that you guys were talking about, never thought of that, and it worked. Or, or hey, you guys made an item and I was using this thing and that you made and it made life so much easier. Like, like bro, when a story or a text or something like that comes in, there's nothing that beats that. You know what I mean? So that, no. that's why we do this stuff. So, yeah. Awesome. We, we just want to share all our success and, and anything anything we can help. We're, we're here to help and grow any kind of sport, yeah. uh, hunting in general, yep. uh, mainly waterfowl. But that's that's it. It's very gratifying. Um, I talk to kids and, and people all the time that says, I remember when you took me when, when we were small and blah, blah, blah. And, and now, now, you know, we... We, that's all we do and whatever. Right, and now they got their crew and they're chasing them. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the whole point of this. So... So make sure you you know make sure everybody out there you take somebody that uh, is new, see if you can take somebody new in the sport in the shooting sports, you know teach them safety, teach them all about the ethics, take them out, 
have a good time and 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 just pass it on. That's all we're saying. You know what I mean? That's the best part about all this is you can do that. Yeah, success is relative to to your experience. It it ain't it ain't massive piles of birds outstanding if if that happens, but that's not that's not the focus. That's it's right. outside. It's uh helping enjoying others it. and yep. uh enjoying the the God's green earth there and uh taking advantage of it. That's that's it. Appreciate you, D. As always, buddy. Tons of knowledge all the time. And uh, where can they hit you on Instagram if they want to check you out or Facebook or anything? You got all that? It's uh, Gander Lander. Gander Lander on Instagram and Facebook or just on Instagram? Uh, Yep. There you go. Find D. He's in Utah. Good dude right there. Bro, solid podcast. Appreciate your time. Your... your info is always appreciated, and I, and, I, and I love it. I can't wait to uh, can't wait for you to see all the new stuff coming this year too. We got a couple tricks up our sleeves, bro. Can't wait. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait, and I appreciate it. Yeah, I hope uh, I hope everybody benefits. And That's right. As always, uh, anytime we get together, I enjoy it. So looking forward to whatever the next time is, buddy. Uh, I hear you, you bro. Enjoy that Northland, and I'll uh, I'll give you a final final report. Uh, here in the next week or so, we'll be wrapping up. So. Yep. Send them in, bud. Send the pictures. Awesome. You got it. All right, D. Hey, bud, I'll talk to you soon, and I appreciate it. Take care. All right, thanks. D. Draper right there from Utah, FA Podcast, Dark Geese Tactics, and hopefully you pick something up from that. So uh, when D and I get together and get going, man, we just uh, we just click. He's just one of those guys that uh, him and I have always hit it off, and 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 we we're like minded, and we just grind. So he's he's definitely a part of the FA family, and is always uh, always in to help and and help youngsters and anybody. And he's an incredible trap shooter too. My God, he is like lights out on that. So, like I said, you can uh, check him out, Ganderlander on Instagram. Uh, if you want to check us out or anything, uh, you can hit us up on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, our YouTube channel. Uh, you can go to our website at uh, fabrand.com. If you have any uh, questions, comments, just let them fire in. Do it. All right. It's the FA podcast for uh, for this week. Big shout outs, as always, to uh, our people at Federal Ammunition that do a ton of stuff with us. Uh, Rob at Ranchland Outfitters, the good folks at Rogers Sporting Goods, who just uh, back us to no end. And that's the best place to get all your gear no matter what it is uh that's the spot and uh like i said if you uh need anything else just hit us up find us on our social uh, social media platforms and go for it all right it's the fa podcast i'm mario i'm out